we shouldn't be educators, we should be proposers and we should be inspirers. So what about adoption? What about the level of automation, the level of, you know, uh, how did we improve the process itself? And then very often we're, we're disappointed, right? And so in the end, we need to deliver the fairy tale because we're accountable for the results. We did this recently in CBI to create a, a value realization office. So you create a, a strong incentive for people that have made commitments to deliver benefits. Right, so awesome. it's up to you now to drive that business case. There's no free lunch, right? You're gonna deliver X million dollars of savings, great. Your budget is X million dollars uh, no, uh, less next year. Welcome to the GBS Masterminds Podcast. Today's session, CIOs are from Mars, GBS leaders are from Venus. My name is Sashi Narhari, founder and CEO of iRadius. We have two amazing guests. I'll let Ash and Serge introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. My name is Ash Mehra. I'm the Chief Data and Information Officer at Constellation Brands, uh, the company that uh, that makes and sells uh, amazing uh, beer and wine uh, wine and spirits. I'm based uh, uh, in my in New Jersey, but travel all the time to our offices uh, across the country and in Mexico as well. All right, so I'm Serge. I'm from uh, Belgium originally. I work for Kraft Heinz. And I'm sure that the best ketchup in the world doesn't need a lot of introduction. Um, I'm the head of global business services. And as is in the name, I'm based in Amsterdam, but of course, traveling around the world to meet our teams in India, US, Europe, uh, all over the world. So that's me. All right. Ash and Serge, welcome to the show. We'll get started right away. So Ash, I'm going to start with a tough question. Um, this is in regards to a perception about the CIOs, that the CIOs are the office of the know. Uh, they're always uh, looking to optimize processes, scale back to core ERP, and then not as open to more solutions or more processing of offerings from various requests from the business leaders. Do you think this perception is true? Well, I think it's it's unfortunate. I think uh, so. Firstly, I I would work hard to dispel that, right? And I I believe in in um, you know in the sentence or, or statement, inspire change, partner to win. So ideally, a lot of the inspiration should come from your technology organization in terms of what you want to do. And you know, we shouldn't be educators. We should be proposers, and we should be inspirers, uh, and really try and create long term roadmaps. And then from time to time new ideas come and hopefully we can react in those new ideas, you know, based on the merit of the idea. So one example, you know, several years ago, uh, the, uh, the idea that came was to globalize uh, an operation uh, in a company that, uh, that I was uh, part of and working with. Uh, that the reasonable thing to do would, would not to be to not do it because we had just made a massive acquisition and everybody was really, really busy. But the small detail is that that Proposal came with more than a billion dollars of uh, value creation. So even though this was really on the surface, almost impossible, we found a very creative way uh, to make this happen in, in nine months time and deliver the value. Okay, all right. Sir, it's maybe the flip question for you. Um, being a business leader, there's a perception that the business leaders are the office of the fairy tale, which is desiring that you might get a demo from a vendor. It looks sexy. It is, And then you just want it. And then you're like, I can't believe I cannot get this. Is that perception true? Well, I like to be called the office of the fairy tale. No, it's not. It's not that bad as long as we can make the fairy tale come true at the end. Uh, but you're right. No, we love new technologies for sure in GBS. Uh, I think the purpose of a GBS is to run 
a very stable operation, but then also tra to transform processes and to deliver efficiencies. And to do that, we need technology, right? Uh, but of course, as you said, yes, indeed, we have conversations with many tech providers. They promise us uh, a lot of amazing results. And then I've seen in many companies, myself and also from other colleagues, that they don't always, you know, we don't always fully achieve those benefits of that, of that technology. And personally, went through that experience a couple of times where we do an amazing implementation of a new tech platform very closely together with our tech colleagues, uh, by the way. But then we seem to approach it too often as a, as a system implementation, right? So we've implemented the system and then everybody happy, then we move on, but then we look at, yeah, but what about adoption? What about the level of automation, the level of, you know, uh, how did we improve the process itself? And then very often we're, we're disappointed, right? And so in the end, we need to deliver the fairy tale because we're accountable for the result. Got it. So let's talk about that, right? So I think, GVS is a bit unique in that you're almost like an internal vendor to your business stakeholders from finance, HR, and other departments, and you have outcomes to deliver. So mm -hmm. do you think GVS should have more control in tech decision making? Make, uh, making? How do you think the structure should be? Uh, Serge, your point of view? Yeah, I think that the, the GVS team together with IT you know, should be making those decisions. So I, I think a great example is the way we're approaching it today in Kraft Heinz. Uh, we're creating this longer term strategy for each of our functions together with the tech team. Yeah? So basically we're responsible to articulate the requirements. What do we need? How do we see the process evolving in the next three, four or five years? What do we need in terms of functionalities from that system? What do we need in terms of level of automation, etc.? And then the tech team will come with a portfolio of products, technologies that could help us achieve those outcomes. Of course, we will also suggest certain technologies you know, that we've seen on conferences or we've met some salespeople of. So for sure, we will also suggest some technologies. Uh, but I think then in the end, it needs to be like a fact-based conversation between tech and, and GPS. Ash, how do you see this? Like, of course, as a CIO, it's hard. You have to rationalize technology, standardize architecture, but then your counterpart business leader is looking for outcomes. So how do you kind of balance the tech decision-making from their standpoint? Yeah, and hopefully uh, the IT organization is also looking for outcomes, and hopefully that is how the IT organization is, is assessing itself. I do think, uh, you know, I agree with everything that uh, Serge said. I do think it should be a very, very collaborative effort, but you want the calls to be made by the IT organization. You don't want the calls to be made by a non, you know, uh, a, a different organization. Then you'll get into the area of, of shadow IT, right? And we've seen that also, that, you know, you you get uh, you fall in love with some brilliant technology. Somebody makes a decision uh, elsewhere in the organization. You find all kinds of architectural issues, and the promise is not uh, delivered, and it's disappointing. I think uh, for me, just a plug for you know what I think is a very good, neat, innovative organization design is really GBS and IT together, right? So being led by the by the same individual that has the experience, and I've seen this work work out really well because ultimately. A lot of the objectives that you're trying to drive for the business in terms of you know, driving value, driving pro process efficiency uh, uh, are really similar. So talking about falling in love with technology, I'm going to switch gears to one technology, which is RPA, Robotic Process Automation. There's a lot of hype associated with RPA. I want to hear from your experiences of implementing RPA. How has it been? Ash? Yeah, I think it's it's been mixed. I think the good thing is that you can you can really move very quickly and you can drive automation and get the benefits. 
But sometimes if it's not really architected uh, well, then it keeps breaking when you do upgrades and, and so on. Um, so, so I think it's it's good. I still think it's a it's an important tool uh, in automation. I'd rather look more end to end, right? And I like the I, I like the term intelligent process automation, where you're really looking at the end to end process and thinking about how you can make the process efficient. Um, and there, you know, there are different ways to automate. You could look at your, you know, you could look at your ERP. You could look at uh, your process mining as well. Hopefully, you're you're eliminating and and improving the effectiveness and efficiency of the process before you before you automate. And then there would be there's definitely a role for for an RPA type of an automation. Serge, your experience with RPA? Yeah, I think we all went through the hype. You know, I think the hype is a little bit behind us. But now, every other day, there's a bot that breaks down because the process changed or some interface has changed. So now it becomes. It became a bit of a of a nightmare. It did deliver, I think, some good results, though. But I think the approach that we took in the past, and again, I had the same experience uh, in in 2018. We rushed in. We started developing as many bots as we could to get to, to capture the efficiencies. Uh, but then we noticed that we were also you know, automating a lot of rubbish. We were automating processes that were completely inefficient, and instead of fixing the inefficiency in the system. We were putting robots to kind of you know, hide or do that inefficiency faster, basically. Right? So that's, uh, I think, a big mistake that we all made. We learned from that. We're doing different. I still believe that you know, robots and bots still have a place in, in, the, in the solutions, again, to deliver uh, continuous improvement and, and, and cost effectiveness. I think bots, there is still a place uh, for them, mainly as a kind of shorter term. A solution right? a lot of changes you can probably do or automations you can do in larger systems but this typically takes longer implementation times right so if uh, i can solve a lot through s4 hana probably but by the time i has, has have s4 hana i can already reap some of the benefits if i implement some bots all right okay so switching topics to obviously everybody technology is such an integral part of everything we do personally and professionally how do you make sure if you want to do something you get money for it. We'll start with you, Serge. Like, how do you get funding at your company? Have an amazing business case. It's very simple. No, so I'm an economist by education. So uh, having a conversation with me around getting funding is always going to be around the the business case, right? And I think the CFO thinks in the same way, right? If I need to get a couple million dollars for an investment, he's going to look at what does this bring in terms of bottom line or or top line. Uh, but I think GBS can deliver some amazing business cases, uh, for sure. No, if we have a, a global uh, operation, if we have literally hundreds of people in GBS, uh, there's always amazing business cases. Not just in terms of efficiencies, but also in terms of value that we can drive for the company. You no know? cash flow savings, uh, EBITDA savings, etc. So, yeah, a business case I think is is the way to go. You bet. Ash, you're on the IT side, so you probably get a lot of asks. So how do you handle which what projects get funded? Yeah, I think it's it's very similar. I think you really need to look at what, what does it mean from a business standpoint? What does it mean from a cash or EBIT um, standpoint or you know revenue uh, cogs or, or costs, right? In my 30 years of working across different companies, I, I haven't seen a situation where there's a really good idea. And it didn't it didn't move forward from a, a funding standpoint. I think we like to think that that happens, and if only we had funding. But you know, if there's a strong idea, uh, 
it, it generally gets the support um, of leadership. And I do, the other thing is, you know, uh, several years ago, we were working on, uh, on a supply chain transformation and, and created a five-year uh, plan. And that plan was, you know, we were able to describe what is the total investments, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars so that there is some strategic thinking to what you're, what you're trying to do. I think that that uh, allows the company to allocate resources efficiently as well. So, you know, a, you know, completely, you know, look at the, look at the value. And I think, you know, I think that's one and be really think a little bit long-term and, and strategically in terms of what is the investments needed? What is it going to do from a business standpoint and then uh, get people to, to uh, work. Awesome. So loud and clear from both of you, there is no freelance. If you have a strong business case, then why not? Is I think what you're saying. So that kind of takes me to the next question. How do you commit to business results? How do you put together a framework and drive accountability? Ash? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great question. And I, I do think that, uh, you know, we should, we should really be um, holding ourselves from a technology standpoint accountable to the, to delivering the benefits of technology. And this, this could get controversial because you don't really own, you don't really run the PNL, you don't make the decisions day to day. But at the end of the day, it is your charter to make sure that technology, data, digital capabilities are, are used in the, in the best way possible. So, so I, I do think it's a good practice. I've done this um, uh, in the past and we're doing this right now as well. Committing to, you know, what is the benefit over a five-year period, but by year as well, um, that, that we're going to get from uh, implementing technology and getting using using the benefits uh, as a way to even uh, to even uh, look at the performances of of your technology leaders it does help that we we did this recently in cbi to create a, a value realization office so you create a, a strong incentive for people that have made commitments to deliver benefits to hold them accountable um, and to assess how we are doing so you basically are tabulating um, as you go forward, and then what is that capability going to mean from a business standpoint, and who from a business, from a PNL leader standpoint, will, will is really putting their hands up and committing to that benefit, and then you know then keep that promise, deliver the capability, but then deliver the benefit, and then try and enforce that, and you know a, a VRO is a good way to uh, to enforce that as well. Love that idea, Ash. It's almost like the value realization office because I know that in the IT world there is the PMO, right? So that's like task tracking and date tracking, but this is almost like value tracking. I'm sure you need PMO too, but the the value realization office is an amazing idea for the audience here. Serge, how do you do this at um, your company? Now, the best I've seen many years ago, uh, CFO that I worked with, uh, we presented you know, a business case and said, hey, we're going to drive this amount of efficiency and this amount of EBITDA savings. And we need you know, X million to do that. He said, okay, great. Here's the X million. And I'm going to cut your budget by the savings that you're putting here in the business case. Very simple. Right? So awesome. it's up to you now to drive that business case. There's no free lunch. right? You're going to deliver X million dollars of savings. Great. Your budget is X million dollars of uh, no, uh, less next year. The same in terms of efficiencies. Um, same CFO that I worked with would literally cut my blueprint with a number of positions the moment that I asked for funding uh, for a certain <laughs> initiative, right? which now I do the same uh, <laughs> with my teams. When we invest in automation, it's okay, great. And then your blueprint will uh, have X positions less after this implementation. And then this, this forces people running the projects to really drive the process until the end or the, the implementation until the end, it's not just the system implementation, but do the change management, do the adoption, 
do the process changes as well, which is often the toughest part where the technology is, no offense here, no, uh, but very often the easier part. <laughs> Not underestimating, Ash, the complexity of a tech implementation here. Actually, I completely agree because, you know, generally technology probably will not account for, you know, 20, 25, 30% of the success of an initiative. Um, but if, you know, if you get the others right, then then that's where the, the benefit comes from. And I, I think the, you know, codifying the business case into budgets is is a is a great okay. way. And, and I've, I've seen that, um, you know, use. All right. Awesome. True skin in the game. All right. Last question before we close to each of you. What is, and you can be bold and blunt, what is your one pet peeve um, surge with the IT office that you would like to see change? <laughs> there's many, there's many that I'm discussing with our CEO but, or CIO, but uh, I think there's one, but it, it equally applies, I think, to IT and GBS, is that we need to start, and I like the analogy here of uh, Mars and Venus, but at the end of the day, I think both of us, we need to look at the people from planet Earth the people who are actually going to use our systems and, and processes, that, that they have a great experience. Uh, and so many of the initiatives that I've seen uh, in, in my uh, career here is we implement, and then you look at it from a customer perspective, a user perspective, and you're like, oh my God, what did we just create? So I think we need to put a lot more emphasis on the user experience uh, as well when we implement new systems or, or technologies. Ash, your pet peeve with business leaders, one thing you'd like to see different? Yeah, I would say don't fall in love with technology because you're going to you're going to go through a, a, a hype cycle. You'll be very excited for some time. Uh, then you'll be uh, invariably, you know, reality will set in, you'll be very disappointed. And then and then the cycle will repeat, right? So so really verse instead of that, can can you really be thinking about um, you know, what is a holistic way to be able to deliver the benefit and deliver the capability? Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I think if we if we are, to, we are able to do that, then we are driving um, uh, with much more traction and, and you know, we are really all in the same page there. Awesome. Ash and Serge, thank you so much for being our guests on DBS Masterminds. Thank you, Sashi, for the invite. It was a pleasure.